Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Hang on a minute, I can't hear you. Oh, all right. I'm scratching the inside of my ear. Okay, let me know if you find any AA batteries in there. <laughs> Uh, well, we're here again. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Stop it. Sit down in the background there. And, and Have you got your tea ready? I have my tea. Talking about um, tea, uh, one thing I found about that coffee machine that you sent over here, I don't understand, is how on earth the drip, the drip tray gets filled up so quickly. Because if all that's in there is drips, well... It's just disproportionate. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. And um, there is a simple answer to that, which is, I haven't the faintest idea. It just fills up. It's like magic. Uh, well, I did wonder if the steam, there's something, when you steam the milk, maybe something goes in there from the steaming process as well. Because yeah. Because it just, I, I don't know. Does it, 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 or it could possibly be that that particular machine has a fault in it and there's a drip. Uh, it is literally dripping through from the back. I've sold you a dud, but I did. I have noticed that myself, Ted. But you know, it, it's weird. My mother and I have noticed we've got one of these um wonderful. Uh, I've brought it onto the show before. The, the 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 hot water cooker for tea. So you just have yeah. a big vat of hot water and you press a button and brrr, out comes the hot water. I swear I put more water in than comes out. We're forever mm. having to fill mm. that thing, and I don't believe we drink that much tea. Water seems to go through black holes of its own volition. Anyway, Bizarre. how are you? <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you who we do know, someone who will know the answers to all these questions, don't we? So there is the red rag flown <laughs> yeah. out to the bull. Not that he's a bull. Uh, hello, yes, and welcome to show 189. It's the middle of July, kind of. And we are here once again to taunt you for an hour with all sorts of drivel and claptrap. Um, and there'll be a prize for anyone that makes it to the end of the show. <laughs> Whateverworks.works is our website where you'll find links to all that drivel we're going to talk about. Um, Aidenbell.com is where you'll find Aiden. Offer him some work, someone, because he's getting very touchy and twitchy about not having any. <laughs> and TedSalmon.com is where you'll find everything else. Links to all I do, audio podcasts, blah, 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 all the usual claptrap. And um, let's get on with it, shall we? What's been going on with you, old man? I've been clearing out the garage. I do this every two or three years when I find that I quite literally have to climb into the garage <laughs> to get something. <laughs> you know, sort of, what can I step over and will I fall over while I'm trying to reach this... Uh, hammer that I simply can't from the door. Mm. Um, yeah, I started because we've had a new recycling centre has just opened. Really lovely, very, very efficient, nice new recycling place just down the road, run by very, very helpful, friendly people from the council. I'd give it a gold star, I think. And um, mm. yeah, so I thought, right, this is my prompt. I'm going to do the garage. And I've done four carloads so far. Wow. Uh, a slight amusement because I found odd bits of bobs of things that I'd bought for whatever works. <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. that piece of plastic. That belongs to that weird Sonic thing I once brought onto the show. Um, yeah, just doing a garage clear. And it's also, you know, that it also turns out to be free fitness training as well. Lugging beds and mattresses and God knows what else into the car and out of the car and into the skip. It's all, all good you, stuff. You sound a bit like my mum, who, if there's nothing to do, she'll create something to do. 
and make herself busy and have a project on the go, whereas my dad would just sit on the sofa and go to sleep. <laughs> I'm exactly like your mother. That's what, as you just said earlier in your introduction about, give him a job because he's itching. If I'm not yeah. working, I'm tr I'm, I, I get it, like your mother. I just have to find a project and do something yeah, myself, yeah. 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 Indeed. Anyway, Amazon Prime Day, um, which came and went during our off time there, uh, did you get anything? Do you know, I found myself playing that game, looking through, thinking, what can I buy? And then the other voice says, you don't have to buy anything, Aidan, <laughs> just because it's yeah. Prime Day. No, nothing at all. Nada, nichts, and I'm, my wallet is very happy for it. You? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did the same thing. I, I was kind of looking through and thinking, this is stupid. You're just trying to find something <laughs> yes. to buy because it's cheaper than it normally is. And it's just stupid because there'll be another Prime Day. And by the time the next Prime Day comes along, you actually might want something. <laughs> I do not need another electric toothbrush. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, you were going to go off to look at Big Ben, oh, weren't you? Oh, Ted. Ted, now I'm, I'm going to go all gooey and, and spiritual on you now. I'm sorry about the next couple oh, of minutes. It was profound. Ted Salmon, this was the best thing I have ever done in my life. I, I went up Big Ben. I, I got online and I got myself a couple of tickets, which anybody can do if you, if you get online and manage to get them quickly before they sell out. And it was a 90-minute tour where they take you up to the top of Big Ben and then you come back down again and on the way they tell you all this blah, blah, blah of the history and blah, blah, blah of this, that and the other. Meanwhile, you're ignoring it and just looking, at the, looking around and enjoying be, going up Big Ben. Uh, or the Elizabeth Tower, I should say, to be correct. Sorry, Chris Kelly. Um... But the what, ha what happened was you, you get to the top and you walk into a room and in this room is the mother of all clocks. You will never see a clock like this. It's about four metres wide. It's about a metre and a half deep and it weighs five tonnes. And you just you're taken into this room and all you hear is click, 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 click. And this thing, it's the heartbeat of the nation and uh, it... Oh, I was my geekism just absolutely spazzed out. I was absolutely on seventh geek heaven. Uh, and then when we were finally torn away from that room, we were taken up to the belfry and I stood as close to the Big Ben bell as I would if I was sitting having a meal with you in a restaurant, Ted. I was that close as the hammer lifted and bonged Big Ben. And it was just wonderful. I was just a little boy in a toy shop and it was geeky and wonderful and I was moved and um, there we are. End of sermon. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, it's funny you should say little boy, because as I was saying on the last That's show, right. I, I, I've done this and I've been up there. But looking at the photograph you've taken of the works, I really can't remember it. I do remember being by the by the bell, though, by Big Ben. Right. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't believe that they, they let us stay there while it bonged, though. So did they give you ear defenders? They did, and yeah. I was actually a little bit regretful because it wasn't that loud. You know, I've been in discos that have been a lot louder than that, and I would right. would have. And actually, I we only got two bongs because we did the what we did the, the, the we were only up there for two o'clock, so we got the two bongs. And I actually pulled them out very quickly after the second bong, so I could actually hear it live without the earmuffs. <laughs> um, but I, two things did occur to me. First of all, because Ted, you went as a child, and of course, yeah, as a child, yeah. you know, as an adult, if I'd gone as a child, I would have been like you. I'd have said. 
this is fun, run up and down the steps and go home. But <laughs> Where's the ice cream? As, as a geeky adult, as an Aidan Bell, Heath Robinson worshipping adult, to see that clock was just absolutely special. And the other thing is, of course, that it's been renovated. Five years ago, they spent, oh, it was, was it £70 million pounds or something? Yeah. On, the, the, on this enormous restoration. And it does all look beautiful. I mean, the clock has been cleaned to within an inch of its life. And it, oh, absolutely extraordinary. I recommend it to everyone. It was probably filthy when I went, though. It probably was. <laughs> In the 1967 or 8 or 9 Goodness, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, well, I'm glad you had that experience and, um, and really enjoyed it. That's really good. And if anybody wants to go, just go onto the, the gov, you know, .gov website and follow your nose and you'll find it. And as I say, every, every couple of months or two or three or four months, they release tickets. And when I went on, they were sold out. Hello? All right, there's the 215 to Aberystwyth. Did it go through your house, Ted? <laughs> Are you on board as you're recording? It's, it's at the risk of doing a Tech Addicts <laughs> special um, weather report. It's really warm here. But with the window open, there's a nice little breeze coming through. So and a nice if, little train coming through. <laughs> if, we can, if we can put up with that occasional train noise, I'll leave the window open. Oh, that amuses me, Ted. Anyway, as I say, tickets sold yeah. out within literally five minutes of when I did it. So you've got yeah, to be quick, folks. But saying, jump yeah. on the Gov website and see what you can do. Let's move on. Very good. Um, right, OK, this week, month, whatever it's called, the fortnight, um, I bought a hand-held turbo mini fan. Ah. Um, now, the one that I've had for um, decades, um, the battery ran out. I spoke about it before. It was a good enough fan, but the, to replace the batteries in it, it was going to cost more than buying a new one. And I thought to myself, how stupid. I'm not going to do that on principle. So I went out looking for a new one. And I did a bit of research, and I found this one which is not cheap it's about well between 50 and 70 quid Ooh. so it's not a, it's, it's not a cheap thing but when I did all the research on it it actually reviewed really really well and people were saying things like I don't know where it gets the cool air from because this room is hot and yet it's blowing almost like air-conditioned air at me and they they, they reckon it's something to do with um, was it the the turbine structure with a motor which compresses and cools the air down? Oh, okay. It, it, it seems to defy physics. It's really odd, um, but it but it just seems to work, and it and it's really powerful. The only thing against it is that it's really really noisy. Um, it is USB C. It's got a built-in battery. If you put it on twenty five percent, you get about. Um, nine hours from it if you put it on five percent you get about 12 hours from it. <laughs> um so it depends on how you know how much you're you're kind of yeah but is it very functional well. at those low percentages does it still work yeah well, well oh, it depends oh. on how depends on how hot it is of course yeah. but um yeah I, I haven't actually had since i've had it a really 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 hot day so we'll see what what it does with that but i have had very warm days and it just as i say it just seems to defy physics it's really done well so it may seem like a lot of money but actually it's significantly better than the one that i thought was great before um and it's called jisu life and it's obviously some chinese brand which um it, but they seem to have done it quite well and it reviews well and almost everyone that's got one has kind of said the same thing as i've just said um and you can stand it on its base so it doesn't fall over if you want to kind of not use it handheld put it on a desk 
Um, the, the battery charges in about two or so hours, or two to three hours. Um, and yeah, I'm just really impressed. I, and I, I'm very pleased I got it. And it's much better than the old one. And it appears to defy physics. And it looks very nice. It looks like a cross between a microphone and a hairdryer. It, yes. It's, it's, yeah, it looks sexy. Do you know what? The only thing that I thought when, when I was reading our recording notes about this was that, um, you know, we've all had these fans across the years of one type or another. I remember I used to have them. They used to take the old 9-volt battery. And yeah. I've always thought of them as a sort of cheap throwaway item. So for 60 quid, it would have to be the mother of yeah. all handheld fans. Yeah. But you seem to describe it thus. So, Well, the one that I... I had before to buy a new one of those those was more than half the price of this yeah um so i thought well i might as well go with something that and i had some vouchers in the amazon account anyway from my from my um uh, birthday yeah still. anyway um so i thought right take a risk as always with amazon you can send the blooming thing back can't you so it's, that's it's right. not really a risk <laughs> um so but i'm not going to send it back because actually it's i think it's really really good and um, I should look forward to bringing this one day to still using. Well, this blow is a, me. This is, a, this, is, this is the trouble with built-in batteries, though, isn't it? You never know how long they're going to last for. That's right. Your afterthought went straight across my joke. I said, well, blow me. Get it? Blow me. <laughs> blow me <laughs> oh, down. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Good call, Ted. I wish I had one. I want one of those. Mm. Robert McCrowan brings us the Greenworks cordless lawnmower. He says, I got a Greenworks direct from them for £179, complete with a trimmer and, until the end of July, a cordless drill. Uh, no, I went. I remember now, I went to research this. And on Amazon, it's 199 quid, but 15% off. And, for me anyway, five months to pay. But if you buy it from Amazon, you don't get the free drill. Um, and actually, I looked on the... Um, on the what is it the greenworks page i'm yes. not sure it says you see that greenworks page robert is a bit confusing because it says that the offer runs out on the 30th of june and i think that it's supposed to be the 30th of july but then it should be the 31st of july shouldn't it anyway if you if, dear listener if you go there to try and buy one of these be aware that you might get a bit confused by the dates of the drill offer and don't ask me anything, because I was confused by what I read out. I said, he's got a, a, until the end of July a cordless drill. And my first thought was, why does he have to give the bit drill back at the end of July? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Robert, I'm a klutz. Anyway, Robert goes on. He says he's very impressed. He says it's light and easy to use and cuts the lawn very well. He, mm. he cut his back and front lawns and strimmed and with still one bar left on the battery. He says, I will never buy a corded mower again. Yeah, that's, that's a good shout. My dad um, bought a cordless mower, very similar to this one, different make. I brought it to the show ages ago, and it's got a battery, and it works really, really well. Yes, you're quite right, Robert. Who needs a cord and a cable hanging about them when you can do it like this? Well, we just have our gardener cut the lawn for us, actually. Rather, you, don't, don't you tell lies. You're the one that bought that that manual thing. Oh, during lockdown. Oh my goodness! Don't take me back there. Tell us about Gareth Miles. Zden. Um, no, this is Pardon? more more of your kind of thing, really, because he was saying that if you buy a Z Zden for eighty seven quid, you can not have to look at um, lights on things in your room, which is a reference to you. It's. Um, 
a, a it's a little tent basically that you put your head in on your bed and it's black and when you put your head in it it's, like, it's a bit like a, a cat house you put your head in it i expect daniel bemis bemis has got some of these Put you put your head in it shut the curtains on the front and then you can't see a blooming thing it is quite expensive um as gareth williams points out i mean basically it's you know you could do the same thing with a sleep mask <laughs> indeed and, and i i commented on the thread that it to me it just looks like a very very expensive mosquito net yeah. made of black material Xerxes Hodavala answers Gareth's question of why you would do this because he says that contraption would make your head very hot and would quickly have an increased concentration of carbon dioxide as your breathing depletes the oxygen inside the tent. <laughs> I guess there, there must be some vent holes in it, surely. Well, I mean, that's the thing. A, a, a mosquito net, you can breathe through, but this thing you can't. So you don't see your lights, but they're the last thing you never see before you expire of lack of oxygen. This started me thinking about these um, things on sci-fi films, the... the um, climate-controlled sleep pod. Oh, yes. Yeah, so nice, wasn't it? We talked a couple of years ago, we talked about ways to make your bed cool when it's hot. Do you remember? Yes. You can get, get these machines to kind of pipe in cool air while you're sleeping. Yeah, I could do with one of those. I keep waking up in hot sweats these days. That'll be the menopause, yeah. Here, I'm still I'm cleaning my teeth. <laughs> There's a new one. Blimey, Aiden's taking yeah. care of his teeth. Um... <clears throat> I bring you Biomin toothpaste. I don't think the word bio, but bio actually has anything to do with bio, as in as we know bio products in supermarkets. Um, right. I was watching an interesting program. There's a I don't know what it was called. You might remember. There's a lady who's who sort of breaks down products and makes her own. She did a sneaker. She did a toothbrush. She did um, I can't remember what else. But on the hmm. tooth. Oh, there goes. <laughs> Stay with I'll us. Shut, Stay with I'll us. Shut this window. It's going to be very disruptive. Stand by. I'm shutting the window now. Oh. On her toothbrush episode, she <laughs> ended up in the factory of a new toothpaste called Biomin F. Um, and their USP is that they use very, very, immensely very fine glass beads. So they put ground glass in the toothpaste, basically. And apparently these beads maintain and hold a certain amount of fluoride. So when you brush with these, if you don't rinse afterwards, the fluoride continues to dissipate on a time release over the next 12 hours, giving you blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 fluoride, blah, blah, wonderful toothpaste. Anyway, I thought I'm going to try this because it sounds fun. Um, oh, I've written £699 in our recording notes. I hope mm. I meant £6.99 <laughs> for a tube, which is not terribly cheap. But um, I bought some and I love it because n never mind all the clever business with the fluoride. It's so yummy. It's the yummiest toothpaste I've ever used. And mm. um, I'm on my second tube of the stuff now. Um, yeah, my breath feels fresh and my teeth are gleaming white and I have a radiant smile and I'm very happy with this toothpaste. I don't know enough about teeth and toothpaste to be able to tell you whether it does what it says on the tin properly or not, but um, I'm enjoying using it and it tastes lovely. Well, very nice. And actually, it, for six ninety nine, for most people, that would be a bit expensive. But for you, cleaning your teeth once a week... <laughs> exactly, it, no it lasts a year and a half, yeah. so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, very nice. OK, link in the show notes to that one, as usual. And um, 6 it is. Ian Watson is next on his high-tech DIY gutter cleaning <gasps> contraption. He's, he's made this himself. Heath Robinson. Yes. Heart, you'd love this. Yes, I would. Well done, um, Ian. He, he's, he's basically um, gone and got some bits from the builder's merchant 
uh, or actually Amazon, um, he's made a pipe thingy, um, and he's stuck a camera on the top of the kind of thing at the top. He's held it up uh, uh, alongside his house, and he's made the camera point into the gutters um, around the top, so he can see what's in them, and... There's also a kind of tube thingy in which I, I guess you could suck or blow whatever you like with the right equipment on that and um, clean your, your, your gutters out. Very, I, this is right up your street. It really isn't is. It? I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it looks like an interesting thing. He's actually posted a video on the MeWe group, the Whatever Works MeWe group, um, on Sunday the 16th of July. He's posted a video. So, if you want to check that out, you can see it in action. It's really quite funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, why not? Good idea. We haven't had a DIY thing like that, that for ages. And he reckons it's cost him about 55 quid or so to get the bits to do it. Um, a bit of 40mm uh, PVC pipe and... Oh, that came from B&Q, he says. Um, the vacuum that he got was 45 quid and the pipe about a tenner. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, and he, he already had the camera, so you know he didn't have to buy that. But we've probably all got a camera to use for that, and we're kicking about. These little cameras are so cheap these days. I, I thoroughly Ian, you're a man after my own heart. I love this. And um, when you've finished yours, you can come round to Hatfield <laughs> and bring just, it with it's you. So, it, it's just so inventive, isn't it? I mean, who would think, apart from you and Ian, of doing something like that? Yeah, I love it. Well done, Ian. <laughs> Talking of doing things yourself, um, nothing, nothing like as inventive and imaginative as Ian's, but um, I'm going to change my own watch battery. Um, your listeners, I'm sure, will remember I wear a wonderful Cronaby watch, which I brought onto the show when I first bought it, and I've brought it onto the show as a still using as well. It's a smartwatch for people who don't want to wear a smartwatch. It looks and behaves like an ordinary watch, but with certain hand movements and vibrations, it is actually a smartwatch and talks to the phone. And I love it. And um, every year or so, the battery needs changing. And last year, when I had it changed, they said, Oh, blimey, this is a weird battery. Luckily, we had one in the back of the cupboard, but I've never seen anything like that before. And this year, when I took it to Timson's, the man said, Cool, blimey, never seen a battery like that. No idea where I'm going to get one from. So I said to him, well, look, if I can buy one from Amazon, <laughs> I'm sure I can. Can I bring it in and you'll change it? He said, yes. I went on to Amazon. I bought the battery. And while I was on Amazon, I also bought a thing called a case opener for watches, which is a weird little thing that you've probably seen jewellers use, which has got two, it's a sort of two points uh, and a turn wheel in the middle and as you turn the wheel the points move closer or further apart from each other and it is a professional watch back remover tool uh, which you can use to open the back of the watches <clears throat> and since it was about three pounds something I thought right this is going to be much cheaper than taking my watch in because if I go back to Timson's what are they going to charge at least a tenner to fix my watch if I can pay this thing for three pounds something, I could do it myself. So um, I'm going to do it myself. I've got the battery and the thing in my hand. The battery just arrived literally about ten minutes ago before we started recording. Um, I'm going to try and do it myself. And for those interested, the reason it's a weird battery, I'm sure every listeners will know the the um, the 2032 battery that goes into all kinds of devices and remote controls and watches and God knows what. This is a 3032. This is a three centimeter version of that battery. The 2032 is two centimeters in diameter. This one is three so it is a big beast and i'm going to try and put it in my watch later today you were saying it can't possibly be three centimeters that'll be bigger than your your, your it hand. is three centimeters literally definitely i'm just measuring it with my ruler to make sure i'm not talking gibberish it's exactly three centimeters across and yes it's almost as big as the watch itself Blimey. um 
Okay. Uh, no, what I was going to say was that um, I've done this. Um, I, when you were talking about it, I, I, look, I looked at the link to Amazon. I remembered that I'd done this on Whatever Works ages and ages ah. ago because I had the same problem and I did exactly the same thing. And you might remember that this came about because the stupid bloke down the road scratched the back of my dad's watch trying to do it. Oh, yeah. I remember and it was now. A really yes, yes, nice yes. Watch and he got re- anyway. So I got one of these tools, and you're be- and you're being and encouraged to hear that um, it worked perfectly. You can you can make the the size of the the gap as uh, you know as needed, and wrench it off and goes out. It goes, but the only thing is that you've got this um, waterproofing issue, haven't you? Yeah, I did think about that. And then I thought, well, when was the last time I accidentally fell in a swimming pool or a lake? I mean, it just doesn't happen. I don't wear my watch in the bath or the shower. Um, I'm going to take that risk. I can't remember the last time my watch went into the water. So I'm just going to take the chances on that. Yes, indeed. Hang it. I wonder who bought it. The Big Cheese Rat and Mouse Bait Box. Episode 2, <laughs> now screening on Netflix. Sorry. <laughs> I think that the um, this must be Ian Barton that's bought this. Of course, I don't know who's bought it because um, it's in... I wonder who bought it. But um, I reckon it's probably Ian in his farmyard. I seem to remember before he had um, <coughs> some sort of bait box going on. Anyway, um, this thing um, enables the, the, the safe control of rat poison and mouse poison. Um, and you use it with the um, you know some some bait. The station is compatible with all different types of um, baits, and and the interesting thing about this is that um, it, it's controlled. I didn't know that there was laws about this, but apparently there are. And I looked it up on the British Pest Control Association, and sure enough, you've got to have a certain. It's a bit like a kite mark, I suppose. Um, it's got to have a key and lock on it, for example, so that children and other pets can't accidentally get into contact with the bait. Um, it's, it all sounds like serious stuff to me, but obviously the person that's bought this knows what they're doing. Um, and uh, it's £9.32 for this one. And, um, yeah, obviously someone's got a baiting... Uh, sorry, a rat problem or a mouse problem, and they've used it. I, I still reckon it's Ian, don't you? Uh, well do you know i've um i've been having a love-hate relationship with the rats in our garden for the last three or four years and i've got two or three of these and found them in the garage just the other day on my clear out (laughs) um yeah i mean i've i've always been a little wary of the food and handled it of food (laughs) duh the the poison Mm. food and i've handled it with great care and and when i have had to throw them away i actually looked online about how to dispose of them wrap them up carefully blah 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 yeah um i didn't realize that it was that there were actually legal considerations though that's news to me too. Yeah, yeah. But apparently it says um, rodenticide used for permanent pulsed or borrow baiting or in covered or protected bait stations is now only legal if the product label permits these non-standard scenarios specifically. This applies equally to pest controllers, farmers and gamekeepers. So, you know, yeah, there are rules about this. and But it, it obviously doesn't prevent... Um, Amazon from selling the stuff, you know, it's down to the user, I suppose, to comply with it. Rodenticide sounds like something you can be arrested for. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Still using, still using. 
Jim Fowl is still using his Teotronics shower speaker. He says, my kids bought me this for Father's Day. I can't remember how many years ago now. It's still going strong after many years of use, and I no lo- and, but it's sadly no longer available anywhere that I can find. And he's, there's a nice little picture of it. it. It looks very like a smart speaker, doesn't it, actually, in that picture? Yeah, it does. I wonder how you attach it to the wall, or perhaps you don't. It's a shower. It must, perhaps, it, perhaps you hang it. There's nothing yeah, normally I think they come with a sort of rope, don't they? Yeah, I think so. But this doesn't appear to be on that one. I tried to find it on Amazon. And, and yeah, I, I, as Jim says, I couldn't find it either. But I, I guess the, these firms like Taltronics probably go through batches of having things made and then they're on to the next thing. So it's very not surprising they're not available any longer. Um, but I do know the Taltronics name, so it probably is a... Um, as Jim says, sounds out that it's a very good one. Very nice. And doubly impressive where water's concerned. You'd think over the years it might eventually let water in, but this one clearly hasn't. Very nice indeed. Now, my um, still using is uh, the Skoll... Is that how you pronounce it? Scholl. Scholl. Well, I like the Norwegian accent. Scholl. <laughs> I was very content. <laughs> um, anyway, the Velvet Electronic Nail Care System, which I brought to whatever works on show 44 in Oh, September I remember 17. ribbing you for it. Darling, you're doing your nails again. Yes. <laughs> Mum's got one as well. And actually, they're, 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 both of them are still working really well. But you put um, AA batteries in them. So, yeah, my, my posh fan, when the battery's knackered, it'll be finished. But with this one, you just go and buy new AA batteries. Excellent. Um, gold star for AA batteries? Anyway, um, it's good for finer jobs, I find. Like, do you remember when I um, put my thumb inside the hand blender? I certainly do, yes, <laughs> I absolutely do. Uh, I've just about recovered from that. My my nail still looks a bit wonky. But anyway, right. that that's the kind of job this is good for because it's not super powerful. It's it's quite subtle in what it does. So it's good for ladies who are or gentlemen indeed who are shaping their nails to polish them or whatever. Um, and in my case, that worked really well because as this thing grew out and got back to what it should be, it was actually quite tender, and this worked really well for that. Anyway. This is even cheaper than it was back then when I um, was uh, bought it. It's £8.30, cheapest chips. Uh, when I got it, it was 12 quid. So, yeah, you see, not everything goes up in price. Some things come down. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Ted. This looks to me like a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. What's wrong with a nail file? <laughs> Why is this yeah, better than a nail file? It's not better. It's just a lazy person's way of doing it. <laughs> OK. And... And um, it's quite well put. You, you get three different um, tools with it, and each one's got a different kind of um, yes, amount yeah. of what's it. Um, I still have got the originals. I've never used. Uh, I've never used them up so far. Anyway, um, but yes, you're right. You could do the same thing with a manual nail file and moving your fiddler's elbow left and right. But it's much more fun with that. I grant you. Yes, indeed. Ian Barton brings us. Ah. There he is. There he is again. <laughs> Hello, Ian. <laughs> Next, uh, the pesticide-free flypaper strips, 16-pack. He says, I'm still using them. Tis the season of flies. The flies have yeah. arrived and they are invading the kitchen. 
I know that Ted prefers the nuclear option, says Ian, <laughs> but these involve less effort. The flypapers have some super sticky substance on them. Take care not to touch them, though, or you'll spend the rest of the day washing it off your fingers. Ugh, Swarfiga, in the garage. Just hang the paper up from somewhere high, for example, the ceiling, and watch the flies stick themselves to the sticky flypaper. When the body count gets too, gets too high, chuck it in the dustbin and put up another one. An eco-friendly solution. Indeed. Mind you, I'm not sure how eco-friendly my zapper is, my nuclear zapper. Um, actually, I, I, we haven't had too many flies this year so far. Maybe where Ian lives it's a bit different, but I've noticed the lack of flies. I, I haven't had to turn my zapper on at night, um, well, a couple of times in June. Mm -hmm. But that was it, really. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I've used these paper strip thingies when I lived in... Um, down south and they do work brilliantly well Ian's quite right they, they just attract flies like nobody's business I remember when we discussed fly catching on uh, when, when you when you brought your zapper on and I was saying it seemed bizarre to attract the inst insects to the zapper when the point is <laughs> but you as you very rightly pointed out you use it when they're already indoors you use yeah, it when yeah. you're in a situation where there's these pesky flies that will like for instance Ian's kitchen it always some, uh, baffles me when you see a restaurant an outside restaurant that's got one of these up outside yeah, and you think well yeah. all you're doing is you're attracting all the flies <laughs> to it <laughs> although that the argument is that that's more attractive than the food but i don't buy that because no. flies are going to be more attracted to food than they will to uh, a, a bright light anyway um yes the, the way that i typically use my zapper is um when i go to bed i turn it on during the night so you shut all the windows and doors up um well as many as you dare and then leave it on, and then in the morning, during the, yeah, during the night, I get woken up sometimes with a loud bang. <laughs> well, I hope at least you called it Frank. Oh, see, <laughs> get it? Right. It's a zapper, yeah, Frank, yeah. Frank Zapper. <laughs> oh, please yourselves. Now, my cheapest chips is. Um, reading glasses. Now you've you've banged on about these for years on this show. Oh yes. Um, oh, I love my reading glasses. There was three pairs of these reading glasses for under a tenner, and I thought that they were worth a try. I've got strength number three, um, but there, there's all sorts of different strengths you can get, and they um, they come in three different colours in a pack. They've got spring hinges, which feel as though they're quite good. Um, and they just seem quite sturdy and do the job. When I'm, you know, if I've got them kind of a bit like you probably. There's a pair all over the place. And if I need yep, to look, yep. at, look at something very closely and I haven't got my proper glasses nearby, I can generally focus on it, particularly if it's something very, very close up, um, which is what they're good for. Reading glasses are close-up glasses, I suppose. And you can look like Ronnie Barker in the process. Win-win. Lovely. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I, as you say, I love my reading glasses and I, I've, I've done the same over the years. Different pairs in different rooms so that whenever you need one, there's always one within arm's reach. So, um, yeah. Indeed. Here, 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 here. Here, listen to this. <laughs> well, listen to this is exactly my point. Um, I think I've told you about this fantastic bird feeder I've got directly outside my window. I sit in my studio yeah. and within arm's reach is the huge main window and directly behind that, about five centimetres beyond the window is a big bird cage with the bird feeders hanging in it and just lately I think word has spread because um for the last 
week or two, I've had literally up to about 15 little tits fluttering in and out and feeding all that simultaneously. I've had to go out there every couple of days and replace the suet balls. I'm having a whale of a time um, watching the birds. And I thought, hang on a minute, I want to hear them as well. I'd love to hear what they sound like. So what did I do? I jumped onto our favourite website and I bought myself a cheap clip-on microphone for £4.99. It's made by a company called Hammer, whose name I recognise. I know they've, they, they make fairly decent kit. So I bought this thing and indeed I've got it outside in the cage. And when the birds flock and peck at the food, I just turn up one of the dials on my mixing desk and I have the sound inside the studio of the birds feeding outside the studio and I'm enjoying it very much. Um, and the point is, it was four ninety nine for a Lavalia mic. And I mean, you know, considering a professional Lavalia microphone can cost hundreds of pounds, this is actually surprisingly OK for the price of a couple of cups of coffee. I wouldn't dream of using it for serious recording, but mm. at least for what I want it for, it's perfectly acceptable. There's no noise on it. It does the job fine. I'm sure if I were to actually test it properly and look at its frequency response and the sound quality seriously, that would be another matter entirely. But um, horses for courses it does what i want it gives me a nice clear sound of the birds fighting over the food outside in the cage and moreover um it's hanging up outside and it will be interesting to see how it survives because i'm you know i'm as i say it's a cheap bit of kit it won't be the end of the world if it ends up dead um so it's sitting out there and it's going to get rained upon and sunned upon and winded upon and let's see how it survives over the coming weeks Hopefully you've had the common sense to put it upside down. I have indeed, yes, sir. Well done. <laughs> also, I mean, a proper professional Lavellia mic is is slightly soft to the touch and will also perhaps come with a little sort of uh, um, cushioning uh, around the mic itself. This isn't. This is all just solid moulded plastic, which, for my weatherproofing, is actually advantageous. Splendid. What a lovely idea. And I'm glad you're enjoying the sounds of nature. Sorry, I think you dropped a little sycophancy on the floor there. Could you um, pick it up before you move on? <laughs> I can't imagine anyone else doing that. It's just you. <laughs> Me and Ian uh, Watson, you mean. <laughs> I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. I want a Keymaster. We need Steve Litchfield on the show. This one. <laughs> he, lo he loves these things. He wants one too, yes. Keymaster Titanium Everyday Carry Multi-Tool with Detachable Scalpel. Ooh. And that thing looks absolutely lethal. Well, I, I'm sure that can't be legal to carry that around with you. That's like a a, a surgeon's scalpel. It really on the is. End. I was going to say, if somebody yeah. does, it, is there a surgeon in the house? Yes. Wow. <laughs> what do you blimey. need to do? Yeah. Good lord. This is. It's a nice little keyring thing, though. It's it's a, it's got a, a hole for a, obviously to put in your keyring, and it's got all sorts of stuff on it: rulers and files and bars and screwdrivers and bit driver. What's a bit driver? It's sort of key-shaped, isn't it? Like a sort is, of sci-fi yeah. Star Trek-y key. I like this very much. Bottle opener, wire benders, fire starter, um, serrated edge, spoke wrench, whatever that is. Anyway, it just looks really, really neat and tidy, and I can't imagine what you would want to do with the scalpel, but I'm sure somebody will. And <laughs> as you quite rightly point out, it's key-shaped, and it will hang on your, your key ring perfectly. If it wasn't 40... If it was 27 quid, I probably would do it, but 47 quid is quite a lot. Yeah, and you'd also have to check out that blade, because I can't imagine, yeah. as you say, that that's legal. Oh! 
That's when the window shut. That's when the window shut. Good grief, Ted. Does it have a device on it for stopping trains going past your window? Um, yeah, scalpel. Just out of curiosity, Ted, you, you say this thing has a fire starter. When did you last need to start a fire? I was thinking, I can't remember when I last started a fire. Probably when I was a teenager. I mean, when I was last week, I was hiking, going, I was walking up Snowdon and. Um, <laughs> It was very wet and my matches wouldn't work. And That's right, Ted. I set a fire. I caught a fish in the stream yes. and I had no way of cooking it except to use um, a fire starter for function. So that was what And I then was you gutted using. it with the blade, I guess, as well, you see. <laughs> there you go. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know what I want? I want a rubbish press for wheelie bins. And I don't yeah. mean a wheelie bin press that's rubbish. I mean I want to press <laughs> the rubbish in the wheelie bin. It's oh, yeah. it's 45 quid, and I'm not going to spend 45 quid on this. I don't want it that much, but I think it looks great. And if I had one, I'm sure I'd make good use of it because, as my mother will tell you with a smile on her face, every couple of weeks, Aiden Bell is to be found inside the uh, waste <laughs> paper box, jumping up and down, <laughs> trying to get it to squash down enough to get the paper oh, thing on the dear. top. Um, so, yeah, one of these would, would, would prevent the bin dance. And, uh, yeah, it's a sort of attachment that you just click to the back of the bin and then it's got a huge lever front and as you pull down the lever it presses wow. down into the bin and compresses your rubbish um as i say 45 quid no way not going to touch it with a barge pole but if it what? was four pound 50 i'd have two of them <laughs> what will they think of left next yes. you know the first thing that came to mind when i saw this um which is just now i've not looked at it before first thing that came to mind was that if you press it down hard enough the bin men won't be able to empty it well, there is that. I mean, I think what they do is they turn it upside down and the machine just shakes it. And yeah, I suppose yeah. if you compressed it sufficiently well, but yeah. You'd, yeah, there is that. But you'd have to you'd have to really hit. You'd have to be, you know, Hulk Hogan to actually press yeah, it down yeah, yeah. that hard, probably. It's, it's a, a really interesting idea. That what will they think of next, as I say? Yeah. Um, because I, I would never have thought of There'll be a like hydraulic that. one. You'll just press a button and it just does. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, nice idea. It's too expensive, a bit like mine. <laughs> yes. Um, and a bit like Darren Henley's too. This is 1,200 <gasps> quid. Ow. And it is a posh field recorder. So think of Zoom recorders, which we both do. Um, he says that this is a teenage engineering TP7, and it reminds him of a Walkman um, back when the things were designed nicely. Um, I'm not even sure what I'd do with it in his case. I, we, well, we could record ourselves doing podcasts with it, couldn't we? Um, but it's uh, you know it's very expensive, and he, which is why it's in. I want one of those. But it does, as Darren says, it looks absolutely gorgeous. When you look at the pictures of this, it looks like the It looks like a, a, a a design house thing. It does. Like, it it looks a bit like a like an old fashioned disc hard drive, doesn't it? Like a disc drive because it's got this yeah. round circle on the front, which I understand spins as you're recording. This thing slowly turns around, and if you put your finger on it to stop it, it pauses recording while your finger's stopping the thing from turning round. If you follow the um, link in the show notes, dear listener, um, and explore their website, Teenage Engin Engineering, there's loads of stuff like this. It's really lovely, top quality, beaut clearly beautifully made hardware um, with, with a focus on audio, but also other things as well. Mm -hmm. And 
um, you know, things made of lovely looking metal. And as you say, that that spinning dial on the front is just to die for, isn't it? it you know, if money was no object, I would just, I, I'd be all over this. Yes. It's so nice. Absolutely. The thing is, you, you, you've you got to sell a member of your family to buy one, haven't you? Which is the, which is the sad part. <laughs> it because... depends on your, uh, on your priorities. A coffee machine <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> Well, that, 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 yeah, yes, you make a good point, Ted. But, I mean, I use that coffee machine three or four or five times a day. I mean, how often would I use this field recorder if I owned it? You, Once a week to do a backup recording of whatever works. Make sure. <laughs> you, could, you could record your birds on it. The thing is, the thing is, if if I actually, you know, I, I do need, from time to time with my filming work, I do need a very good uh, audio recorder. But then that this isn't the one I'd use. No, no, you know, no. This, yeah. It records at 96 sample rate, which is pretty good, and 24-bit. Uh, so it's not too bad, but there's no, there doesn't seem to be any way of adjusting the specs of it. So you, you is, get what this, you get, you know. This is a posh person's toy. This is something you would go to somebody's in vogue flat in London and it would be on the side there. Exactly. And, and you would say, oh, that's really interesting. Where did you get that? What is it? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they'd say, I won the lottery and I spent all of it on this. <laughs> <laughs> better before well it was better before global warming wasn't it yeah too right i'm sneaking this into better before which is basically just so that we can hear the tune and it's my way of introducing the subject which is the <laughs> fact that it's so hot at the moment um however however spilt milk we can't do anything about it we are where we are we've got to get used to hot weather i mean thank goodness we're dodging the bullet at the moment when all these poor buggers all over the world are suffering 40 going on 50 degree heat i yeah. can't imagine it and we've just got the luck of the devil that the jet stream is stopping that from happening however i imagine it will come to us in due course and so with that in mind i've actually been researching um air conditioners so if we do find that there's hot weather coming i can take care that my mum's um doesn't become unwell with the heat so i've been looking into air conditioners and you i talked to you privately about the one that you brought on the show recently unfortunately our house our living room is really quite big i'm looking for something that will that will do a room that's about 86 meters cubed um however it just it just got me to wondering are you thinking are you future proofing yourself against the oncoming hot weather ted um of course you brought the fan on i guess you'll be trying that out your your handheld fan won't you oh well yeah the other thing to say is that if i was in your situation and living in a house mm -hmm. and not a kind of um you know a, a static van situation i think i'd be getting it fitted properly not trying to get a mobile one i think i would be saying hang the expense let's get proper air conditioning like americans do um, and let's put it throughout the house. And I know you've got a wooden cabin, and you probably it will be not very efficient for you for, um, financially to run it. But I think if I had a house, I would be trying to do something centralised. But going back to your um, secondary question, um, yes, it's it, it is a good question um, because what has happened in hot weather before is that I've ended up now I'm quite lucky because I live next to you know a stone's throw from the beach almost literally and if the worst came to the worst you just go and sit in the sea all day I suppose yes yes um other places are making these cool areas um where people can go to when it gets out of hand um 
but I, I've got my cloak, of course, my blue cloak, which works really well. It's very efficient. My sister, who used to live in the Gambia um, and other foreign climes, she said the same as me, really, with the blue cloak. She said, take your clothes and soak them and put them back on. When, when they were in the Gambia, that was one of the things they did all the time. They just make their clothes wet and put them on. And they, it lasts until the water around you gets hot. That's very um, good. Oh, could you tell me what is this blue cloak of which you speak? Never heard of it. Yes, you have. I, I posted all sorts of um, photos of it ages ago on the show, and it's a it's a blue blanket which I just soak in water, put it round. Oh me, yes, yes. And, it, and over time, the water that's in it soaks into your shirt. It's the same thing as my sister. Really. That's it, right. Yes. Just making making your clothes wet, and when it and when the water goes into your um into your your shirt and your whatever you're wearing go back and make it wet again and just keep doing it and that really is ever so efficient it works really well um but in terms of air conditioning yes as you say i've got that one mobile unit and if it gets really bad i i just put that on in one room and make that room as cool as i can and just go and stay in there basically but it does as with all these things rely on the constant flow of electricity um, which is not always guaranteed no. and money money to run it yeah, and I'm also thinking of the constant supply of water. I think we might get some bottled water. Yeah, you, you yeah. know, quite you know, several, so 24, 48 bottles of water and stash them in a room somewhere just in case. Well, on that, on that topic, before you go on, my other sister has got a loft full of stashed food and water and drinks they're, they're really paranoid and yeah that... oh, they're ready for the zombie apocalypse <laughs> yeah yeah they've already done it sorry back to you i was just going to say is it my ears or did a flock of seagulls fly by while you were speaking just now oh i was doing a podcast the other day and it was just out of hand the seagull just came and swooped in and they were there for about 10 minutes <laughs> it's making great our... <laughs> i mean really you don't need any sound effects generators i mean it's all happening where you are ted i love it oh dear me Anyway, listen, anyway. Dear, dear listeners, if anybody, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know what are other people thinking about, you know, future proofing and taking care of your loved ones in the event of our having the hot weather that's currently happening elsewhere in the world, uh, such as, you know, water, electricity, air conditioning, protection of rooms. I mean, I've said before on the show, my mother and I have started doing this thing that I learned in Europe, which is fantastic, which is open everything wide at six, seven, yeah. eight in the morning, let all the air circulate, let the cold air in and the warm air out and then shut everything up for the rest of the day and keep the cold air in and that seems to work so um any other tips and tricks from anybody regarding forthcoming hot weather indeed i'm going to put royal mail in room 101 not 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 for their otherwise excellent service but for one aspect which is, I went to send something to Steve the other day and I could not believe that they clearly want their postman to... I think they're trying to shut down all the post office. They, th- th- I went and put this um, um, thing in the, the website to print the labels I normally do and it was actually more expensive for them to, for me to, to, to elect to take it to the post office Good than to grief. collect it from that. And now I know that they've been trying to encourage people to have it collected um, constantly uh, over the last few months, and this is again post COVID. 
Um, but I've but up until now, it's never been financially beneficial to have it connected. But yeah, I mean, in this case, it was only sixteen p the difference. But the the point is that they they clearly they want to have their postman collect stuff from houses. They don't want you taking it to the post office. Bizarre, isn't it? That is, that is very, I mean, t- t- that it's cheaper to have them come to you than you go to yeah. them. That, that's yeah. just, but that reminds me, if I can throw in another one there, let me chuck in Amazon's crazy new refunds, return system. Do you know how this now works? That, um, you know, it used to be that if you have a printer, as I do, you can print your own label, package it all up and just take it to a post office and that doesn't cost you anything. Now, if you elect to put it in a box and take it to the post office, they want to charge £1.99 for that return. (laughs) However, if you take it to the post office without a box or a label and give it to the post office, that is free. Now, we have a lovely post office and I know them in there well. Ashvin, who runs the post office, lovely, lovely gentleman and and he was having a right bitch about it and saying that now everything that comes in has to go into an enormous black plastic plastic bag, separate plastic bag for everything that comes in. He has to scan the item, he has to scan the code, he has to scan the bag, he has to scan this, that and the other. And he said it's making so much work for him. And I said yes, and it's making work for me too because I'd just like to bring in a letter and say, there you go, Ashvin. So, yeah, they both go into Room 101, definitely. Yes, indeed. There you have it. And one from me, unnecessary graphics on websites. Again, speaking of Steve Litchfield, I think this is a gripe that Steve's had in the past and I certainly concur with him. Um, I've got no problem with websites with graphics, especially if it is a a website, you know, to do with art or presentation or any visual arts. Then, of course, graphics and, and fancy videos and moving images are important and necessary and I approve of them. But not if you've gone to your bank to pay a bill or if you're going on making another online purchase of any kind or any series transaction. When you go on to do that and instead of the pertinent data appearing in front of you, you have to sit through a fancy video or a little graphic whizzing around the screen or you have a screen where the back screen is lots of moving images and that might take longer to load than would normal data and it just really gets to me. And even if it only lasts half a second, I don't want that. I want pertinent data when pertinent data is what's necessary and I want fancy graphics if that is pertinent to what you're doing. So there's my whinge. <laughs> graphics, unnecessary graphics on websites. Up your bum. Is that all you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite, um, I dislike, unlike you, I, do, I dislike graphics. I, do, I dislike GIFs. I think they're childish and stupid and very last century. I just think it's just ridiculous gifts and 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 most of the time they're not even funny then the people think that they're funny but they're they're just not they're they're, they're cringeworthy mostly and just stupid um but yes i do agree with you if they're gonna um it's even worse if it's like a a serious thing you're doing like going to the bank or whatever my bank um doesn't do that incidentally but they do pop up a stupid advert every time i go there saying do you sign up for this security thing every stupid time? Yes, yes. You know, I mean, um, I have to disagree with you in terms of gifts because, again, it's each to their own. I totally agree. One man's blood is another man's poison. Some people like gifts, some people don't. So, I mean, I'm, that's fair enough that I wouldn't say across the board we must eliminate all gifts in all, in all correspondence. But, no, we're, we're certainly, we are as one in terms of unnecessary graphics on websites. Into Room 101. 
I find GIFs very useful if they are functional. Like, for example, I quite often post in the MeWe group um, a, a, a GIF of someone's screenshot showing you how to do something. Yes. Um, which is really, really useful. But not some... Uh, Bob Sponge face thing. <laughs> it's just ludicrous. Or or Basil Fawlty doing some thing that. Everyone, but do you see, it's for, just uh, for instance, I had a I had a conversation with my sister uh, recently, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but we were talking about something, and uh, and for a joke, she said, "Ah, oh, well, if you can't do that, you should just ask your cat to do it instead." And I managed to find a GIF of the cat performing that action and sent it through to her as a sort of exclamation point at the end of the conversation. So she can actually see an image of a cat doing whatever it was we said. And isn't that funny? Ha ha. So I think if, if, you, if it's, it's two people... It's just completely pointless. I, I, I just can't... That, that example is just... I, I, that would just annoy me to... I would think this is when GIFs first came out and started on the, in the AOL era of like 1999. Yeah, people were playing with them and it was funny, but not 25 years later. Surely we're a new generation now that, that don't have to do this kind of stupid nonsense. Well, here we go. It's, it's the Apple is better than PC debate. It's each to their own. Ne I think neither one of us is right, neither one of us is wrong. Let's play our favourite jingle. <laughs> I, I put the Staffordshire Garden Furniture into uh, the Gold Star thingy for their um, uh, kindness and courtesy when we were trying to order some garden furniture That's from them right, before. yes. But we hadn't actually ordered it. I'm going to put them back in the, in the Gold Star section now because of the level of service that they provided, the quality of the stuff that arrived, and also the price. Mum and Dad bought some garden furniture, a nice big table with a hole through it for the umbrella, four chairs um all made of canadian redwood um a coffee table and the whole lot was 385 quid or something um and it's made absolutely beautifully it really is gorgeous stuff it's solid it takes my weight on the chairs the chairs are just thick thick wood it it just it's just lovely and mm -hmm. it defies the cost i if i was going to buy this stuff off the shelf somewhere at some shop i would be you i think that it would be like about 800 quid right not three double the price easily um, and the guys that brought it in the van were incredibly helpful. They, they, the table was not put together. They put that together while you know when they arrived. Yeah. The chairs were all, and they were just really friendly. Told me how to treat the wood when it was um, a year old and blah blah blah. And um, yeah, I'm just really really impressed. Staffordshire Garden Furniture are well worth a look, and I'll put a link in the show notes to their website. Um, all sorts of lovely lovely wood and stuff. I think you should send them a smiley face gift to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're done, I think, Aidan. <laughs> Back in two weeks' time with another show, hopefully. Um, although, actually, um, you're going to be going off on holiday, aren't you? No. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> then we should be back in two weeks' time then. Oh, I know. We're going to be a day or two late, aren't we? That's right. Um, whateverworks.works is our website where you'll find all the stuff that we've been speaking about. Links to all that. Aidenbell.com is Raiden. Tedsalmon.com is for me. And if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that. It's at 
paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. I'll be very grateful. And if you want to chip in specifically to the fund for us to buy stuff or whatever works, which I didn't mention earlier in I Wonder Who Bought It, it's at tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK, or you can send me a voucher um, to my email address, which everyone will know that's listening to this, and um, I can turn it into cash for that purpose. <gasps> Lastly, <laughs> but not leastly, is leastly a word? Um, it is now. I would encourage you to, to join us in the MeWe group. The MeWe group where we find out about all sorts of stuff, whatever works, whatever doesn't work, and have a right old hoot. So do join us. Links in the show notes to that. And uh, what have you going forward? So, last word from you as usual. Well, I, I, I agree with what you say, everybody. Join us in MeWe and let us know how you are going to cope with the forthcoming heat. One last thing to say. Always, don't forget, whatever works, works!